Hello, and welcome to the Cardinal Cafe. My name is Greg Chastain, and I'm the president of Voices of Hope. I'm along with my partner, Ed Siegel, the vice president of Voices of Hope, and we are here for our very first podcast. Hey, Ed. Hey, Greg. How are you? Hi, everybody. This is the first one of these that we're attempting, and we hope for a long series of fun and informational podcasts out there for all our friends and family to listen to. How you been, Ed? I've been good. Just recovering from a little Super Bowl incident, but other than that, <laughs> uh, we're doing fine. You weren't yeah. tackled too hard, were you? No, no, no. I, I, I got, well, I did. I got tackled by an avocado knife. Um, but <laughs> Remember, the spoon takes out the pit, not yeah, the knife. Yeah, absolutely. From now on. <laughs> so as I said, this is our very first uh, attempt at the Cardinal Cafe. We have a lot of fun ideas that we hope you'll enjoy and come along with us. Some of the ideas we've talked about are uh, bringing some of our friends in from Voices of Hope to talk about their stories. But basically what we'd like to do is just show the people out there what the arts can do. The arts can be very healing. Voices of Hope is a cancer research funding organization. We go out and we get donations through the arts. There are a lot of other groups out there uh, that we work with and that have contacted us over the years. We want to kind of bring them in and have them tell their story. We have a lot of other groups out there that do great work within the theater community and have them tell their story as well. Yeah, just to sort of add to what you're saying, you know, one of the things that we're really trying to uh, put a spotlight on here is we want to show, you know, the people that are in the arts. These are people doing good things through the arts and also people that are in the arts that are doing good. Um, there, there's so many of these folks out there. Yeah, it's it's amazing how we all kind of interact with one another and mix and match and how we work together to uh, keep the arts going. This is going to be a lot of conversation about how we are all trying to stay afloat during COVID. Um, even if we get the vaccine June, July, August, there's going to be a lot of non-theater happening in 2021. A lot of the theater groups live show to show, and we want to talk about how they're doing, how people can help support them. Same with us, how we get support. I'd love to bring in and talk to some of our sponsors as to why they support us, because they have a lot of their own stories as well. And then, as I said, a lot of our members have very personal stories um, as to why they're with Voices of Hope. So we got a lot of fun things planned. We might throw in a little sports ball for some of our friends and our avid sports fans. And Voices of Hope sings at all the uh, the Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots. Uh, we do a lot of national anthems for a lot of local colleges as well. So. Right. You never you know when you're going to hear when you're with us. <laughs> you got to have you got to have a little sports ball knowledge. But since this is our first one, and some of the people who will be listening to this, actually, they're going to be listening all over the world because we're on international platforms. All of the ones that uh, you can get a podcast on, we're out there. Kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the origins of Voices of Hope, how Ed and I met. I think Ed was our first show together in Colonial Chorus, working or were you in that um, show? It was yeah, I was in working. That was the show that we the lights went out during the yes. opening number. <laughs> that's that's when that's when Ed and I met. Uh, just just like I don't know, two years ago maybe. In our yeah, stores. yeah, only a couple of years ago. <laughs> it was working before Once on This Island. Yes, because after that I produced Once on This. Oh, Island. that's right, and that's when you said you would never produce another show ever again. <laughs> <laughs> and here and we here are. are producing. <laughs> um, so Ed and I have known each yeah. other for a long time. We've done many many shows, but the show that we were doing in the Origins of Voices of Hope in 2009 was Aida at the Arlington Friends of the Drama, a beautiful show. 
one that I didn't almost do. And when we have our director, Dana Siegel on, she can talk about that fun story. I'll right. let her tell her how Voices <laughs> of Hope almost didn't happen. So yeah, Ed and I were doing that show when my mom passed away from uh, pancreatic cancer. She actually passed, I think it was opening night. Well, I know you went home during it was April 13th. Tech week. She was failing during Tech Week. So I went back home to Indiana where I grew up to be there with her at the end because she went into hospice back at the house. I had to drop out of Aida. The show was opening um, and she passed just before the show went open. Coming back a couple of weeks later, I think we did three weekends. I think Arlington right. does three weekends. Yep. Two weeks later, I came home after the funeral and doing some other stuff to help set up back home. The cast invited me back in. I was like, no, I some Lance Arnold, actually a friend of a lot of people here, took my spot, filled in for two weeks. When I came back, no, no, come back and do the last the last weekend with us. You, you need this. And I did. I think Ed was the one who went with me in the middle of the week and helped me remember the choreography. Right. One I, the, yeah. One of the, <laughs> one of the choreography was with those giant sticks. And if yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, I'd kill somebody on stage. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so Ed, I was your dance captain. <laughs> yes. Ed was my dance captain. And for all of you know, that know us, uh, you can't appreciate that. They opened uh, their arms and their hearts and welcomed me back. And it was, uh, during that time in the green room, talking to others and having them tell me their stories um, of how cancer affected their lives, Voices of Hope was sparked. I knew I wanted to do something. Theater was what I did for recreation and for fun. Um, back then, I was working in the, uh, the stock market and banking and stuff like that for a real job. I wanted to give back in some way, so we created this one-night show in uh, October of 20, 2009. But you want to tell them the funny story about opening night with you guys and how my mom affected opening night we think oh my god that was that was that was so funny yeah you're right it was it was opening night and we're about maybe 45 minutes before curtain um, everybody is in the green room we're getting ready and yeah like you said all of a sudden there was a power outage in the in the neighborhood in Arlington you know we were checking with National Grid or NSTAR, whoever the power company was. And we kept on getting, oh, yeah, the power's going to be back on. We can do it in a half an hour or an hour. We had a lot of the people. It was almost a sold-out house. People were out in the street. We couldn't be in the theater. So Dana, my wife, said, you guys, you got to go out. You got to go out. Just mingle with the people. Don't try to keep as many people here as possible. If we get this, the power back, we can still put the show on. So sure enough, we went out in full costume. Um, I think we even did a couple of um, pieces from the show just to keep them entertained. And sure enough, about 45 minutes after curtain was supposed to go up, the power came back on. And so we went in and we did, did, did the show. We got all the way to the end of the show. It was amazing. It was a, a fantastic show. And just as we were doing our bows, Everybody, the entire cast comes out, and of course, the two leads, Aida and Radames, are the last two to come out and take their bow. And just before they came out, the lights went out again. <laughs> the emergency lights in the theater came on. You know, people had their cell phones out, and they came out and they took their final bow under the emergency lights. It had that happened five minutes earlier, uh. all the emotion that was building up would have just been killed. But but your mom made sure the lights stayed I on. I think it was from Dana. Yeah, I got a text that I think it was from Dana or somebody 
when the lights went out and said, tell your mom, it's okay. We can have the show without you. <laughs> it was very funny. It was just, it was just very ironic. And it was also ironic that our first show together on the very first night of the very first show you and I did together, the power went out in Reading in Colonial yep. Chorus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, but from that what? show, we didn't miss a beat. We we did no. the entire number. We finished the number. Everybody was in their final position, and the lights came back on. Yes, uh, the opening number, rather. <laughs> All because of a fun. coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, life, the life of community theater. Right. Oh my Don't god! Don't plug in the coffee so, maker. It's in no. the same circuit as the lights. The Aida experience brought me back to uh, wanting to give back, and um, the only way I knew how was to raise money with my theatrical friends. And after hearing their stories, I asked a few of you guys to come and do a show, a one night show uh, in October of 2009. And we ended up raising $17,000 at the next door theater there in uh, Winchester. And then we're like, Oh, that's great. We did a great thing. I was very happy. Somebody else said, Hey, you want to do that for us? We went for the next door theater to symphony hall. (laughs) It's like, wow. Talk about it is 60 giant leap. And from there, that was that's where it was born. And we've been together now going on 11 years. We've donated after this year. We'll donate over $800,000 to cancer research. It's uh, amazing. I can't believe that. I know. Right now, uh, we started with Dana-Farber. In, but the last eight or nine years, we have been with the Tamir Center for Targeted Therapies at the Mass General Cancer Center. And they're just amazing people. And we'll talk more about that as the podcasts continue. We're going to have some of the MGH people come in and chat with us about what our funds do for them. and how they uh, use those funds. We've got a scholarship named after us now, which is amazing. But we've got a lot of things to discuss. So that's just basically the origins. We started out with 22 to 23 people. And we are now at any given show, we have over 100 people on stage, but the membership is well over 250 people. Yeah, Um, it's amazing. And people just keep coming. It's really interesting because all of us that are involved in, in theater... You know, you, you look for a show, you know, you go to a group, you see they're putting on a show, you really connect with it and you want to do it. Then when it's done, you look for the next show. Um, and if it's with another theater group, then that's where you go. But that is just the pure joy of producing art. And with us, it's quite different because we use art as our vehicle to raise money, but it's the family that's created you know, when people come and join us for a show, they realize how different it is than just being involved in a regular community theater production. To be able to have over 100 people at any given time active within the organization is just amazing. Every year, I'm worried that, oh, my God, we're not going to have enough people this year. And <laughs> I don't worry about that anymore because they, they love coming back. And this COVID year has been really tough because we try to keep people engaged. We can't do anything together live. And it's just been tough keeping people artistically fulfilled. We've, we've done some online things, um, some cabarets, things like that. But when you're doing those in your living room, it still doesn't really fulfill you, even though it's a few moments of just being able to sing out of the joy of singing. But one of the things that I've learned this year is we really, truly are a family. People love to get together. They love to, we have Zoom meetings and I'm like, I can't even keep up with how many people are on the screens, <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's been, it's been an amazing 11 years. And like I said, as we move to the podcast, we'll talk to other people who helped create this atmosphere, create the love, the joy, people who've been helped. You have our own members who've gone through the whole cancer journey with us, the start of their cancer journey 
through the treatment, through the living with, and now cured. So yeah. we have a lot of wonderful stories. But it's not just going to be about us. It's going to, like, like Ed said, we have a lot of community theaters out there that need their voice heard. Um, you know, you hear a lot on the news about the Susan Coleman's, the Pan Mass Challenge, the millions and millions of the giant people who raise tons of money, which is awesome. But there's a lot of uh, smaller groups like us that do amazing work. Our friends at the Conquer Cancer Center who have the Garden of Hope and the Massachusetts license plates as well. Good friends of ours, and they want to come on and talk about their story. And we have a few of those. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Like I said, this is the first one. So we'll learn as we go. We'll figure things out. The one thing that's been tough for setting this up and never doing it is Ed and I can't be together. So if it sounds like we are, that's awesome. We have a great engineer in Dan Tebow that does a lot of work with a lot of podcasts in the world, like Jordan Rich and Liz Bruner and Candy O'Terry, some of our friends as well. But Ed's uh, in his little studio down the basement of his house. And same with me. I'm in my basement that's right now turned out to be my daughter's basically her whole apartment packed away because she had to move home because of COVID. <laughs> and so when we can be in studio together with our guests, we'll have a lot of fun bantering back and forth, but it's very different. I'm sure we're learning the hard way. Yeah, definitely. But actually one of the things that we have been able to do, and while, like Greg said, we can't get together as a large group and do performances, but we have been able to secure grants that allowed us to turn our rehearsal space into a COVID-safe recording studio. We have been able to get seven to 10 people together at a time in their own little recording booth that's sanitized. We have our microphones. Everybody brings their headphones. We have an amazing sound engineer and Darren McGuire We've been able to do things like our Arsenic and Old Lace radio show. That was awesome. I mean, just to do all of the rehearsals on Zoom and then to come into the studio and then just to lay down the show itself, all get mixed together with the equipment that we've been so fortunate to be able to be gifted to us. Uh, we've also been able to do some recordings for the National Anthem. The, the National uh, Anthem was really cool, by the way. Oh, my God. that It sounded so good. And I guess the silver lining to not having fans in the arenas during the national anthem, you get to hear the last chord. <laughs> it's something we never get Finally, to hear. Nobody gets to hear us tenors do our beautiful, I don't know what it's called. Jonathan and Ryan and Chris are going to kill me because I don't know what the musical term is. But when we change the key at the end or whatever we do, we've oh, you modulate. <laughs> modulate. Thank you. And, and oh, you modulate. And nobody ever gets to hear it because the fans are all screaming and cheering. I'm like, nobody gets to hear the tenors do the greatest right. <laughs> two notes in the national anthem. And this time, everybody got to hear it. That's right. That's for all us tenors out there. Oh, for our holiday cabaret, uh, we were able to lay down the caroling tracks that we played along with the live caroling that we did over at Swanson Meadows. So it's really been nice when we've had those yeah, opportunities so just to get together, just to sort of reconnect in person. But like you said, everything else has been over in Zoom. Still to get 40 to 50 people on a Friday night for a Zoom meeting is pretty cool. 2020, the word for me is adapt. We've been able to adapt, at least try and do something. You know, we can go on and on about what we did all year, but my best memory of 2020 for Voices of Hope, we were asked to perform the song from Jerevan Hansen, um, 
oh my gosh, I can't think of You will be found. You will be found for Mass General's annual fundraiser for the Cancer Center. They wanted entertainment live, and unfortunately, they couldn't have the dinner live. So they asked if we would do a recording, and they professionally filmed us out up at um, what Crane was Estate. Crane Estates. Thank Crane's you. Crane Estate in, in Ipswich. In Ipswich, and created this amazing video that we probably never would have done or been able to do or think about doing if it hadn't been for the way we were locked down. And that's kind of how the whole studio started. We needed to build a studio that was COVID safe with the booths that Ed talked about. So going out and grabbing a grant and having that done, we learned a lot. It's taught us how to look at theater a different way, how to um, participate in a different way, and how to bring different people in a in different way. And people have given us uh, different skills that we didn't even know they had. So with all the trials and tribulations of not performing live and being on stage and having the camaraderie on stage and the feedback from the audience and all that, it's really kind of helped us in a different way, learn, learn new skills and learn how to sing on a microphone, which I didn't think would be that hard, but it is, you know, if you're in a group of a hundred people on stage and you forget the words or you forget the note, <laughs> you can mouth it and nobody's going to know. But if you're being mic'd and you have to sing that part, <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it's, you're, there's you're no place there. to hide. There is you're no exposed. place to hide. Yeah, that's so true, though, what you say about adapting. And one of the things I'm really excited about for this broadcast is that even, you know, us little community theater folks that are adapting and trying to find ways of staying engaged, same thing's happening in the professional world. And there's Broadway performers that actually I'm hoping that we're going to be able to get on to come and talk. So that's going to be exciting. Yeah, it is. And then we were very lucky. Uh, The other thing I was going to say about COVID is it helped us in other ways of getting other people to come and talk to us and perform actually with us that we never would have because we're just trying to reach out to anybody who could come and talk to our group and, and just say hello. And, you know, we had some amazing people. Broadway, TV, movie stars, rock stars, pop stars, <laughs> pop into our um, our cabarets. Zoom meetings and our cabarets just to say hello to our to our members because they know what we're going through and they've been there. They started where we started and they just wanted to say hello and tell our members to keep going, keep fighting. It was incredible. And I'm again, if it hadn't been for COVID, we probably never would have made those connections. Right. Hopefully they'll continue to... Uh, work with us and promote us and help us. And we're going to do the same. I know the first thing that we're all going to do is we're going to get a caravan to go see Jagged Little Pill in New York as soon as Broadway opens up. Sean Allen Krill has been a great friend to us, done a couple of things for us in the cabaret and then actually let us use his Christmas song on our fundraiser. It was incredible. I think for our first attempt here, I hope we haven't droned on and told too many stories, but that's what a podcast is, right? Yeah, that's what a podcast, podcast is. Yeah. We're not a serial podcast where next week you find out how Ed, how many stitches how, I how my, how my, yeah, how my, how my, <laughs> how my finger is healing. We were talking to Data and she was like, you know, we should talk, think about, you know, a throughput of something, I don't know, like jokes, I don't know, something to each week that we can do. We should talk about how each week a... Uh, VOH member comes on and talks about their COVID injury because everybody I've talked to has had hurt themselves in the kitchen one way or another because we're all learning how to recook or yeah or done something. But the one thing that we are going to do is uh, a little theatrical or music trivia. I've got to be totally honest. I know a lot of music trivia and I know a lot of useless TV trivia. Like I could name every character in Gilligan's Island in every episode, but theater trivia is tough. So we're going to start tonight and I'm going to see if I can stump Ed. 
You ready, Ed? Yeah, come on. You got to make it a hard one. It's a hard one. All right. So this has this has to do with origins of Voices of Hope. Okay. What is the connection between Aida and the very first song that we sang in October of 2009, which was 562,000... Actually, Seasons of Love is the name of the show. Right. Sorry. But what is the what is the connection between Aida and Seasons of Love? Aida and Seasons of Love. There's a connection. Well, yeah, there is a connection, and I think I know just what that is. Ah, uh, that's because... all the time we have for him. Oh, stay tuned next week. Stay tuned no, next week, would, though. Go ahead. Tell them. That would be the Broadway production of Aida starred Adam Pascal as Radames ah. in Seasons of Love from Rent also starred Adam Pascal. So there's the connection. <laughs> <laughs> I know next week you're going to you're going to ask me in Beowulf yeah. who played like, what? Mm, that's right. Oh you better start boning well, up on your uh, theater trivia because next <laughs> next next podcast is going to be a hard one. Our next podcast, we'll have some guests. We're uh, hoping to bring in some of the theater groups, some of the uh, smaller groups around that do the same work we do. Some of our friends from Voices of Hope, our board members, our sponsors come in and tell their stories because everybody has a story. And that's really what we want to get out there is, right. is their story and, and keep it going. So, Ed, thank you for the first podcast. We did it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for putting this together. I think this is going to be really fun. Hopefully, folks will find us interesting. We'll find the, the topics interesting, and the folks that we get on to come as our guest speakers will hopefully they'll generate interest in their communities, and we'll start getting a nice following. You did mention that, dear Evan Hansen, you will be found piece that we did at Crane's Estate. You know, if folks go to our website vohboston.org, it's right on our landing page, and it is pretty amazing. The video work that was done by this crew, just the straight on shots and also the drone shots. And the other part of that production was the Ipswich Orchestra, the high school orchestra that was also oh, playing. Yeah, incredible. That was just absolutely, I was just so blown away by the talent of these kids. Just fantastic. The other thing I'd like to say is anywhere there's a podcast that you listen to, we are there. It's called the Cardinal Cafe, Voices of Hope. And we are out there. Um, I couldn't name them all, but we are international stars too now, Ed. But it will also be on our website starting next week. The podcast will be on our, our landing page, vohboston.org. So you can click there as well. If you know anybody that would like to be a sponsor for this podcast, just go to our website and send me an email as well. I just want to thank Dan Theobolt, our engineer who helped put this together. Absolutely. Um, Darren, Darren Bassett, who uh, allowed us to use his song, Northern Winds, for the beautiful opening and closing. All right, Ed. Well, thank you. Until next week, everybody. Keep listening, and I hope you come back. Actually, if you want to go to our website and send us some feedback on the podcast, we'd love to hear it. We would really love some feedback and some some thoughts of what you'd like to hear. And theater people never give their opinions. No, never. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ed. Have a good week, and uh, we'll talk at you next week. All right. Looking forward to it, Greg.